wealth, fame, power. OSW Review, one of the many kings of the pro wrestling podcast world, had achieved this and everything else the world has to offer. And their countless catchphrases brought countless souls to the internet. Welcome down to... These words drove countless people to the online space in pursuit of glory greater than they could ever imagine. This time was known as the Great Podcast Era. What the f*** are we doing? Uh, We're doing a One Piece episode on Monkey D. Carl! For the love of Enaru, say... One more word, and I'm gonna go gomino kick your ass all the way to the grand line! Why are we doing this? Really? Why are we doing this? This this all started as a joke! I I could accept this as just being about Santa. Then the Pokemon trainer, even Joey Wheeler! But now we're doing Luffy? Monkey D f- Luffy? You, you have any idea how many episodes of One Piece there are? 964! That's, that's not even talking about the manga that has about over 1,000 chapters! There, there is no way I'm doing this because guess what? One Piece never f- ends! It never f- there is nobody in their right No. Editor. Editor, don't you do this! Don't, don't do this, editor. Listen to me. One Piece never ends. One Piece never ends! One Piece never ends! On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing... He is the future king of the pirates, the straw hat man, it's Monkey D. Luffy! One of my thoughts on him wrestling without his Nakama, should he or should he not wrestle in Japan? And how on earth is this going to work? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. The podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor, and this is this is one where I, I, I can't take full credit for this. So I'm just going to quickly get this out of the way here. Uh, huge thank you to Thomas Nickel on Twitter, at Tommy Retcon for this suggestion because at first when making this I I didn't even consider Monkey D Luffy and as a person who is a I'd say a decent One Piece fan I wouldn't say huge but I've watched it pretty much caught up with the whole thing I've watched it in my teenage years uh yeah didn't really think about it and now I feel ashamed that I didn't so if you love One Piece and you want to give it credit where credit is due Thank Thomas Nickel at Tommy Retcon on Twitter. He he deserves it for coming up with this suggestion, which hopefully I can deliver. So, Thomas, hopefully I'm going to do this well for you, man. <laughs> so, Monkey D. Luffy, for, for those of you who don't even know what the heckings of One Piece is, 
One Piece is a popular anime and manga series developed by Eiichiro Oda in which it follows the story of Monkey D. Luffy and his journey to become King of the Pirates after he had eaten a devil fruit which has gave him all of the powers of rubber. So yes, this is going to be an incredibly chaotic episode. <laughs> and hopefully I can do the character justice. And the only way that I can do the character some form of justice is by explaining my process to every single one of you. And that is through the magic of the tagline. If none of you know what the heck the tagline is for this segment, the tagline is my 30 word summary of what I plan to do with the character. Think of it like a summary that you'd see on Netflix, just kind of pitching what I would kind of want to do with Monkey D. Luffy in this episode. So, without further ado, I need to ask the editing gods to cue the music! Right, so... A couple of prerequisites I should get out of the way first. We are only going to be covering Luffy as a character from the beginning of the story up to the events at Marineford. Anything after that, that that's for another episode because I, I won't lie to you, the things that happen after that are going to make this a hell of a lot more complicated. So, first of all, we need to summarize what Luffy is basically. Which, if you know your shonen protagonist, isn't that hard. He's, he's a guy with one simple dream to be king of the pirates, and he's gonna do it with all of his friends, all of his nakama, who all want to achieve their own separate dreams. It's a nice, wholesome story about people trying to overcome the odds of the world government. Isn't that great? <laughs> so, I think to this extent, you kind of need to summarize Luffy's story in the same way, he isn't really going to want to win titles. His main goal would just be just kind of to find his friends if he's suddenly thrust into this new pro wrestling world, so to speak. So, my idea for Monkey D. Luffy in this tagline, it is thrust into a world unknown to him, a simple strong rubber man looks to fight for his Nakama so that one day, he could be known to the world as the King of the Pirates. Yes, we are basically keeping a summary of the One Piece story, because believe it or not, Luffy being thrust into a world on his own kind of happens to some extent already, doesn't it? So really, we're just twisting the truth a little bit for this episode. Isn't that great? Oh god, that is, that's so convenient. So with it, how, what on earth is Luffy gonna do on his own? And if you think that you could have done a much better job with this, and trust me, I think you probably could. There are plenty more dedicated people who know way more about the One Piece lore than I do. Please give me your 30 word taglines and tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper or tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. I would love to hear your suggestions. But I believe it's time that we get onto our very first pitch. And with this being purely about Luffy, I, I believe he's gonna need to find some new Nakama. And 
fine. I think in order for him to survive in the wrestling world, he's gonna need to make some brand new friends. Some who could take him on a Jurassic Express. Luchasaurus. Because w this is too perfect for Luffy, okay? Let's, let's get this first out of the way, and this is how this is all gonna come about. We start out in AEW Dark, and of course, Luffy has just been thrust into this because of a certain event at Sabuondi's Archipelago, where he, he doesn't quite know where he is. He's just He's just kind of admiring the whole scenery and everything. He's like, whoa, it's a, what is this? It's, it's so cool. People are just fighting each other and beating each other up. And as he's doing this, he's just kind of using, you know, gum gum rocket, flying across all of the stage of AEW to a point where he just thrusts himself onto the commentary desk along with Tony Schiavone and Taz. And you just have Taz like, hey, no. No, get get away! Get away from us! Where's we're on over security? Who are letting these people here? I don't know. I can't do voices. And of course, Tony Giovanni is just like, no, no, just just let him stay. He's he doesn't seem like he's gonna harm anyone. He didn't come here to harm you, Taz. He just came to get a better view of the action. I mean, look at him. He he is dressed like a professional wrestler, just dressed to impress. And so Luffy. He has no idea how commentary works, but he's sitting at the commentary desk. He's got his headphones on, and he's just, he doesn't quite know what they are. He's, he's used to transponders now, so he's just speaking as loudly as possible. It is the worst audio quality you can expect on an episode of AEW Dark. And it gets to a point where he's just, he's standing there. And eventually, Taz has just had enough with this, and he's called security. <laughs> Two... Basically, escort Luffy out, out of the building. They all come around. Luffy has no idea what's going on. And he, he kind of just accepts it at first. Just thinking, oh, these people are just trying to be friendly. Because they're not really threatening him. They're just telling him, could you just kindly leave? And as this is happening, Jurassic Express are making their entrance. Starting off with Marco Stunt running out first, as he always does. Alongside Jungle Boy and... Luchasaurus? And what... Now, if we know Luffy, like we've known Luffy, for as long as you read up to this point that we've talked about before, Luffy would let anything that is weirdly unique into his crew. We're talking a talking walking afroskeleton. A, a couple of ghosts in Thriller Bark. Uh, he almost wanted Paulie at one point. There are plenty of people that Luffy would just want in his crew because they look weird but cool. Luchasaurus sums this up perfectly. So, Jurassic Express make their entrance into the ring. You know, Luchasaurus just gives his big intimidating thing. He's getting his tongue out. And, of course, because of this, Luffy just powers out of all the security that are just trying to chase after him. <laughs> and he heads straight into the ring as the bell has rung. To, to try and talk to Luchasaurus, like, hey, dude, whoa, so cool! Are you a, a, are you a dinosaur? Because 
there are dinosaurs in the One Piece universe. There have to be, right? Like, we've seen, like, giant talking goldfish. You imagine they're just, like, the size of puppies, you know? Puppy dinosaurs. Wait, no! A freaking little garden! There we go! That's right, dinosaurs do exist in One Piece! And, of course, Luchasaurus retorts with, Dude, I'm, I'm better than any normal dinosaur. Do other dinosaurs have a master's degree in medieval history? And then, of course, at this point, Luffy is like, join my crew. Because why on earth wouldn't he? He is essentially on his own, and he's always had like a weird ragtag group of people who he's just had join him. That's Luffy's biggest strength. And of course, Marco Stunt, kind of being the impatient member of the group, he's like, what, what are you doing? What, what are you doing here? We're in the middle of a match. Of course, Luffy, Luffy doesn't know how wrestling works. As far as he knows, wrestling is just punching people. So of course, in the middle of this, because he thinks Marco Stunt is distracting him from the very cool dinosaur, he just punches Marco in the face. I guess what this leads to, a DQ. And because it's a DQ, he just cost them the match. <laughs> And of course, security come in just to take Luffy away, and he just kind of accepts it, just kind of like being, I, I don't want any trouble, I just, I just want to talk to Luchasaurus, because he seems really cool. Of course, Marco Stunt is just pissed, he wants to just like chase after security, but Luchasaurus holds him back, being like, look, he didn't do anything bad, he, he doesn't know what he's doing, as far as we know, he's just another fan, right? And so, we move on to... A couple weeks later, onto the next dynamite, and Jurassic Express are all together, uh, being interviewed by Alex Marvez, and they're asking about the recent loss they had on Dark and how it was a huge upset for them, and it's really affecting their rankings in the tag team division. And of course, Luchasaurus is cutting this promo, saying, "I have no idea what happened. Things just kind of went out of hand." And as this is happening, the the camera pans as Marco Stunt is just getting visibly annoyed to Monkey D. Luffy just visibly just in happiness and glee. You know the you know the happiness and glee thing that Luffy has where he's like, oh that looks really cool. That that's basically the feeling he's getting right now. And it gets to this point where Marco Stunt is like, what what do you want? What do you seriously want? You've been you've been following us for the past week. What on earth do you want? And Luffy just says, I want Luchasaurus to join my crew. No, no other reason other than just to join his crew. Marco pretty much just retorts that you're out of your mind. You are absolutely insane. What do you mean you have people follow you? Who on earth follows you? And because of this, Luchasaurus, he doesn't really answer back, but Marco Stunt is just absolutely annoyed at this point, and demands a match with Monkey D. Luffy next week on Dynamite. Yes, Marco Stunt versus Monkey D. Luffy is Luffy's debut match in AEW. So of course, Marco Stunt comes out with the rest of Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus just sort of sitting at ringside, uh, Jungle Boy as well. And of course, Monk Monkey D. Luffy, or Luffy, just makes his entrance with We Are, because why on earth would he not enter with We Are as his entrance music? It is the most iconic One Piece opening theme you 
you have to fight me. There is a reason that theme has basically had two iterations, plus a whole one with all the Straw Hats in the song together. It has to be his entrance music. <laughs> and so, this match goes kind of how you'd expect it to go, considering Luffy is a main protagonist. He, he effectively goes gear second, just goes jet pistol, knocks out Marco stunt, one, two, three, with Luffy kind of just not knowing what to do, so he kind of just puts his foot on him, like, what do I do here? <laughs> they count it, Luffy wins in like a couple seconds. And he just goes up to Luchasaurus asking, can, can you join my crew now? And he says, no. You have to beat Jungle Boy first. <laughs> yes. We're really doing this. Luffy has to get through each member of Jurassic Express until he gets to Luchasaurus. <laughs> so, it is a match between Luffy and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, of course, noticeably a little bit more annoyed because, I don't know, he just watched his best friend get knocked out within like a couple seconds against Luffy, who's still kind of belligerent to the whole idea of wrestling rules. And it's just trying to get Luchasaurus to join his crew. Even during his entrance, he just like rockets over to Luchasaurus, waves at him, and just like pokes his mask. Just like, hey, do you actually have horns? <laughs> and of course, Jungle Boy takes advantage of this distraction and goes for a dive. He lays out Luffy and you know what? We get a nice little competitive match between the two because you got to put over Jungle Boy at some point. And you start to see, you know, a little bit more of Luffy's sort of rubber abilities. We're talking like Gum Gum Pistol, Gum Gum Gatling, uh, Gum Gum Axe, uh, Spear, all of those like cool moves, you know, in conjunction with like the top rope. I imagine he would also use like Gum Gum Rocket as almost like a slingshot to hit Jungle Boy. That'll be a cool little touch. And yeah, Luffy, just because he's just trying to fight Jungle Boy, he doesn't really break any of the rules like staying outside the ring for 10 seconds. <laughs> he's just kind of in the middle of the fight. Because that's really how Luffy fights. He, He's very close quarters. There is no reason for him to go like long distance. So he would just have a fight with Jungle Boy. And of course, this leads to Monkey D. Luffy picking up the victory. We're going to say with a Jet Gatling, you know, allowed a little bit more intensity. And then it's built for the for the final week before Dynamite. Not Dynamite. Before Double or Nothing. We can call it uh, AEW um, uh, Gambling for Fortune. There we go. AEW's Gambling for Fortune show. In which it is Monkey D. Luffy versus Luchasaurus. And we get we get all of Luffy's abilities up to this point from like Marineford. Apart from some that I think would kind of be a little bit overpowered in this scenario. I'm looking at you, Haki. And so we have Monkey D. Luffy hitting like giant pistol. And having it clash with Luchasaurus's tail whip in which he withstands it. And Monkey D. Luffy gets to his small size and gets easily walked over by Luchasaurus. We get the comeback from Luffy hitting Pistol, Gatling, uh, other very cool moves. Because those are the main ones that he does. And of course, because of this, we eventually get Luffy 
picking up the win with, I'd say, Jet Gatlin, because that's the most versatile thing he has up to this point. One, two, three. Luffy beats Luchasaurus. Jurassic Express go to his aid. And he just pretty much... They say, look, we... Fine, you you win. Luchasaurus can join whatever your stupid crew is. And of course, at this point, Luffy Luffy isn't a heartless guy in this space. Like, look at what he did for the Davy Back fight stuff. He could have easily had, like, an army of, like, a thousand people up to that point. And then he decided against it, which is exactly what he's going to do here. Kind of just saying, no, you've got your own crew. And I've got my own as well. Kind of that basic summary. I probably didn't get Luffy's lines perfect there. But yeah, I think that's a very fun, kind of wacky feud that kind of plays to some of the comedic stuff of Jurassic Express and also plays into Luffy. Likely, if he's thrust in this scenario, having no idea what the hell a wrestling ring is. Because when has he ever had this experience? He spent most of his life on a bloody ship. And even then, he was stuck in a barrel at the beginning. <laughs> He has no experience of what wrestling is. He just likes to fight. Uh, for me, that's, it's a stupid idea, but I think it makes a lot of sense with Luffy. And, like, y you get a couple fun competitive matches out of it that also kind of highlight the dynamic of Jurassic Express and how they're kind of an inseparable unit altogether. So that's kind of where I would go with that. So moving on from this idea, we have one where... Yeah, Luffy, Luffy values his Nakama, but to do that, and to help his Nakama, he has to fight a person who is corrupting a fellow Nakama. Minoru Suzuki! Again, uh, another thing where I have to, I have to thank people for this one. So, a uh, huge shout out to Dan from the Sweet Chinwag podcast. If you don't know who they are, go, go listen to them. They, they're lovely people, literally for this. And a huge thank you to Dan for reminding me of this. Because at first, I... I thought, well, how on earth would Minoru Suzuki work with Monkey D. Luffy in any type of feud? And I, I sat back on it, and I, and I marinated on it. And then I realized something. Minoru Suzuki is actually in One Piece, and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> He's in, for those uninitiated in Minoru Suzuki being featured in anime, Minoru Suzuki made a cameo in One Piece, in episode 336, Chopper Man's Special. And if you don't know who Chopper is and you're randomly clicking on this, you're pretty damn deep into One Piece lore here. So, Chopper Man, or just Tony Tony Chopper, lovely, adorable reindeer that we should all believe can save the world through medical science because we have no reason to dispute it. And so, how on earth does this feud come about? Well, guess what? In this special, Minoru Suzuki helps out one or none other than Tony Tony Chopper. So, guess what this story is about? 
it's about Chopper joining Suzuki Gun. <laughs> That's right, because Chopper in this story is getting corrupted by Minoru Suzuki. That's right, and I also think it would be bloody hilarious if we see Minoru Suzuki coming out with his hood with just Chopper on his shoulders. So, for those who know future arcs, you might get that reference. Moving on from that, how on earth does this feud start? Well, it starts out how you'd kind of imagine it. Suzuki-gun beating the living S-word out of people who they can socially distance. And they cut a promo saying that they are willing to bring in a brand new Suzuki-gun member. Because, you know, they've had a lot of losses of members. They lost Lance Archer recent a while back. They also lost... Uh, Davy Boy Smith, so they lost the entire Killer Elite squad. And they haven't really had many new members since. And so, Suzuki inducts Tony Tony Chopper, aka Chopper Man, into Suzuki Gun. He's wearing, you know, his adorable little thing and his cuteness, which at first kind of feels like a weird contrast to what you'd want in Suzuki Gun. Until they have their very first six man tag match where Suzuki provides Tony Chopper with multiple rumble balls. We get Tony Tony Chopper in Monster Point, just wrecking havoc on people in this six-man tag match, in which he ends up picking up the win. And of course, this whole dispute, all this chaos in which Suzuki is just smiling and laughing, brings out Monkey D. Luffy, who just rushes straight in, and, of course, Chopper is his best friend, one of his best friends, he's one of his Nakama, he's not gonna hit Chopper. So, he just tries to block him hitting other civilians, and he takes like a full brunt of it. And Suzuki just laughs. And he laughs at the fact that, in this out-of-controlled state, Chopper is truly a member of Suzuki-gun. We continue on, more several six-man tag matches later, we have Luffy competing in the ring, just fighting his way against, like, various Suzuki-gun members until we reach another week in which Monkey D. Luffy is in a six-man tag with, I, I don't know, we're going to say he's teaming with Yuji Nagata and Hiroshi Tenzon. Those two, because why not? And he has to confront Minoru Suzuki, Chopper, and Zack Sabre Jr. Because I love Zack, he's British, I'm British, we may as well add him in. So this match happens. We have Luffy trying to, you know, go for like Gatling as Zack Sabre Jr. just counters all of it and puts his arms in like a submission hold. He could easily just put him in a knot, which ironically would work really well against a guy who's made of rubber. So he traps him in there. Minoru Suzuki, he doesn't care about DQs at this point. He just wants to make Luffy suffer because Chopper is no longer part of his friendship anymore. He is part of Suzuki-gun. Of course, Chopper doesn't want to do it. It's his friend. And so Suzuki just forces down a couple extra rumble balls. And Chopper goes into Monster Point, beat the living S-word out of Luffy. And then we build to, we're going to say, Kazuna Road. Because why not have some special stuff on road tours? Minoru Suzuki and Chopper versus Monkey D. Luffy in, we're going to say, a no-DQ match, because that sounds like a fun thing for Suzuki. We've mentioned it a couple times. 
Suzuki is basically the mob boss of New Japan. Why not? Also, it kind of gives Chopper some more destructive toys if he goes into Monster Point. Seems fun! So this happens. That brawl goes out into the crowds. Or at least where it's socially distanced crowds and no one's really there. And we had this happen. Luffy quickly, as he's trying to survive Monster Point and survive it from hitting other people, encounters it slowly fading. And as that slowly fades, he grabs Chopper. He rescues Chopper mid-match. Only for Suzuki to just low blow him and continue to just beat and batter him. In which Luffy, in this moment, seeing Chopper down on the ground, realizing that if he can't beat Suzuki, he's never gonna get his friend back. He's never gonna get his Nakama back, people. He gets back up and he just, he unwails a la Rob Lucci versus Luffy in a display of fists and punches and he eventually picks up the win and of course you get that fun little you know wholesome reunion between Chopper and Luffy they hug you know Luffy is the guy who told Chopper that he truly like believed in him and believed in Hero Look's dream that eventually became Chopper's dream and really brought Chopper out of this shy shell and yeah, it's just a fun little wholesome moment. And I don't think you really get many more interactions with Luffy and Chopper throughout One Piece. That, are the, that wholesome niceness that we got, you know, doing Drum Island. I, I want more of that. And you know what? Minoru Suzuki makes a lot more sense in this than I initially thought. So, yes, thank you, Dan, for this wholesome idea. Go listen to the Sweet Chinwag podcast or follow them at, on Twitter at the Sweet Chinwag. Go do that, because I, I need to thank them for this idea, so thank you very much. Moving on from that, we have our final pitch of this week's episode, and it's really going to be testing Luffy's love of his friendship and his Nakama, because the man that he's facing is the true, like, Judas of friendships. <laughs> Kevin Owens! Did you think it was going to be MJF? No! It's a swerve! Because who better is there than Kevin Owens in this scenario? Let, let's be real here. Luffy is known as just the king of friendships. Let's be real here. He makes friends with nearly everybody. He makes friends with doctors. Uh... Musicians, swordsmen, chefs, uh, archaeologists, archie-flipping-ologists. <laughs> and somehow, he still makes more of them. Even his old, like, past enemies have became his friends in the future. He has got also to a point where he would die for his friends. To a point where he climbed up a... Huge blizzard-filled mountain with frostbite on his hands for the sake of his friends. And to, to add on to this, made war with the world-flipping government. That's that's the equivalent in real life of saying you're going to wage war on Parliament in the UK. Or, I don't know, wage war on the entire world. <laughs> no! <laughs> and if you compare that 
to Kevin Owens, whose basis of his entire character has been, I want to do all that I can to help provide for my friends, and no, for not my friends, for my family. He's fighting for his family, if you want to take a wrestling film reference there. And with it, he's portrayed every single best friend that he has. Alright, people call MJF now a Judas. He called himself that. Jericho said it. But let's be real here. It's Kevin Owens. Like, he's portrayed his best friend, Sami Zayn. He's portrayed El Generico, because they are different people. Wink, wink. And he's portrayed Chris Jericho, his other best friend. I bet he'd also portray a flipping pack of Cheerios if it meant that he could provide them to his family. <laughs> so what better contrast could you get for two forces to meet on an episode of Smackdown Live? Because of course, Luffy has kind of just been, if we're taking some stuff from the Sabaondi archipelago, just been almost like Thanos snapped into the wrestling world. He doesn't know where he is, he's just been, you know, thrust into a locker room. And he's just kind of exploring everything. And the first thing he sees is, you know, Kevin Owens beating up Sami Zayn, who, of course, Sami Zayn being in this current like documentarian thing, believing there's a conspiracy theory, just, says that Kevin Owens, you were my best friend. How how dare you betray me in my filming endeavors? I'm gonna be on the Sundance Film Festival, goddammit! Luffy, of course, lover of all things friendship, disagrees with this and ends up just punching Kevin Owens. Inadvertently kind of making Luffy a heel when he isn't really being a heel. He just doesn't really know how wrestling works. And so we now get a series of competitive singles matches between Kevin Owens and Monkey D. Luffy. The first match, Luffy doesn't quite know how the rules of wrestling work. He's having, he's doing competitive stuff with punches and kicks and stuff like that. That hurts Kevin Owens. However, he ends up getting tricked and staying out the ring for too long to be carried out so that Kevin Owens can win. And of course, Kevin Owens is kind of annoyed because it's like, look, you've, you've, you're basically saying that all the things I've done are bad. I am fighting for my family each and every single week. Where on earth is your family? Of course, Luffy, knowing that his Nakama are equivalent to his family, is absolutely pissed at this line. Because why wouldn't he be? <laughs> He's basically been separated by them again! <laughs> so... Fights continue on, you get a couple fights, you know, backstage. And it just it just kinda keeps going on. They they fight so much there's almost kind of a there's a little bit of respect in there. Just, you know, punching with fists. Because you know, Luffy loves a good fight at the end of the day. Like, you you look at the beginning stuff with Luffy, and he doesn't really think there's a lot of like bad guys. He sees a lot of good in people. And I think if you have him fight him more and more, like, week after week, Luffy's gonna see the good in Kevin Owens. And vice versa to a degree. Like, Kevin Owens would just think that he's just kind of a... incredibly naive kid. Because I think I... you forget 
because of the way that Luffy is and the way the the theme of One Piece is, Luffy's like, what, 17, 18 at the beginning of the series? Something like that? Like, it's, it's mind-boggling. So they have their match again, and it, it looks like they're both going to be knocked out for the count. And as this happens, guess who comes in? It's, it's Sami Zayn with his documentary crew as a tag team. The SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode come out to just send a message to Kevin Owens and Monkey D. Luffy, who they don't even know, to beat the living S-word out of them and just take away from this potential five-star classic that we could have had, like, uh, Kevin Owens going for, like, a pop-up powerbomb and Luffy just kind of, you know, being a rubber guy. Just kind of, like, elongating himself to the point where he's all the way up at the rafters. And then just, like, pulls himself down so it's almost like a seated senton to counter the pop-up powerbomb. Uh, you know, a cannonball in which Luffy counters a, like, gum-gum balloon. That could be a fun little spot. Uh, Luffy going for, like, gum-gum pistol only for it to kind of be counted into a stone-cold stunner. Because it doesn't quite know how wrestling moves work. And so... Yes, this, as we've already talked about, builds kind of an unlikely alliance between Luffy and Kevin Owens to a point where Kevin Owens says that at this point, I'm not fighting for my family right now. I'm, I'm fighting for some revenge. And Luffy, you know, kind of feeling the same way, you know, there's a, there's a kinship between fighting each other constantly. He, he shakes his hand. Says, you know what? Look, I I don't like what you've done, but I think I can like what we can do together. So they shake hands. Luffy, you know, with his like grin, and they go for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, and it's a, it's a competitive back and forth. You know, Luffy and Kevin Owens kind of working together as a team. You have. Luffy using, like, gum-gum net to throw uh, Dolph Ziggler into a clothesline by Kevin Owens. Uh, whatever Dolph Ziggler and Bobby... Not Bobby Roode. Robert Roode's tag team offenses. That type of stuff comes in. You know, really hitting on, like, Kevin Owens. To a point where Luffy is on the tag rope because he's finally been taught how to wrestle because Kevin Owens is there. Like, he's waiting there at the tag rope. Just waiting for it. Hot tag in. Quite literally hot tag. Because Luffy can go gear second. <laughs> and just, you know, jet pistol. Jet pistol. Jet pistol. And then he, you know, freaks out. Goes like jet rocket. <laughs> hits him. <laughs> well, he's hits Dolph Ziggler. You know, kind of like a spear. Because Dolph Ziggler can sell a bloody good spear. Look at his selling of Roman Reigns' spear and, like, Goldberg back at SummerSlam. He can sell a good spear. You know, a couple fun little near falls. And we get, as the finish, a Luffy gum gum, like, pistol hitting him up into the air for a pop-up powerbomb for the one, two, three. The story ends with Luffy and Kevin Owens starting out as bitter enemies fighting back and forth. You know, Luffy quite, not quite knowing how wrestling works at first and kind of thinking that Kevin Owens is 
kind of a bit of a douche, really. To eventually becoming good friends and buddies. Because that's that's the core of what Luffy does. And at the core, it's kind of what Kevin Owens tries to change for the better for. That's kind of been Kevin Owens's, I guess you can say, arc. Just kind of that he won't stay down, that he won't give up. And you can add in the subtext of him doing it for his family, which has been a big integral part of his character. I, I think you could get over Kevin Owens with that. It gives him a tag title run that if you're not going to give it for him and Sami Zayn working together, it's a nice little substitute. And for Luffy, you know, it shows, you know, a little expansion of his character a bit. You know, someone who can really truly contrast him in a lot of aspects. And, you know, it, it gives, you know, the tag division something, you know, to do other than just do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, the tag division should be so much more. And, you know, I I think you could probably have a lot more really fun, creative tag teams. Because right now, there isn't really many. Oh, but that's a, that's a whole other divergent. Anyways, the possibility of this and Luffy is, quite frankly, endless. Because in the world of wrestling, where some of the best characters are those that are just purely themselves. Luffy's whole character is that he's unapologetically himself. To a fault. Like, he does his simple things. He wants to be king of the pirates. He wants to eat meat. And he just, you know, wants to be there for his friends. And quite frankly, those are themes and stories that anyone can get behind in the world of wrestling. Ugh, that's, that's the end. <laughs> okay, that was, in retrospect, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than I had anticipated. You know, like, somehow, Joey Wheeler was more complicated to book and create than Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, the guy who, in, in all senses of the word, should be a lot more difficult to create and use within wrestling scenarios than Joey Wheeler. But it, it actually kind of works. Like, I, I the Luchasaurus one works way better than I thought it would. Minoru Suzuki was a One Piece character. And Kevin Owens is just a really fun contrast. And yeah, now at some point, I gotta prep for a part two. Because <laughs> yes... At some point, we're not going to do it straight away. I'm going to say that now. If you enjoyed this and you're waiting for a part two, it, it's going to take a while, I'll be honest with you, for me to really get more kind of clear ideas of what else I could do with Luffy from what happens after Marineford. No spoilers. Uh, but there are some big power-ups that Luffy gets that uh, kind of make his whole wrestling you know a, a little bit more complicated so yeah we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that for this week's episode and as usual i want to say thank you so much to the people who have listened to this episode or you know just like follow comment just support the podcast in whatever way they can honestly it's i i still find it baffling that people listen to me like it, it's so humbling 
legitimately from the bottom of my heart. Thank, thank you so much. And with that out of the way, if you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with your friends? Share it with your friendliest friends. And uh, God, I don't, I don't sound good always plugging this. Uh, if you like this episode, uh, you know, subscribe. Why not? And leave a review. Oh God, that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> I, I need to get better at just saying, hey, could you share this work with your friends or your friendliest friends? And leave a review if you feel so inclined. Because honestly, that helps out the podcast a ton. I, I think I'm generally making so much better stuff than I was at the beginning of this. And I, I personally would love to see it be, you know, shown more. That would be great. I think that's the goal of any podcast. So with that out of the way, if you enjoyed this, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper or, you know, tell me stuff on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. And with all of the seemingly very long and awkward plugs out the way, in which I'm sorry for that, I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember, everyone, wrestling can always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.